there is always the hunter and the hunted, the pursuer and the pursued. Welcome to the Comic Web's Old Time Radio Podcast. Each week we feature an episode from the golden years of radio. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs, comic books, and more. Please check us out at comicweb.com. You'll get some of my brief commentary after the episode. This week, in a shameless attempt to get a larger audience, we feature an episode of The Chase called Playboy. National Broadcasting Company invites you by transcription to join the chase. There is always the hunter and the hunted, the pursuer and the pursued. It may be the voice of authority or a race with death and destruction, the most relentless of the hunters. There are times when laughter is heard as counterpoint and moments when sheer terror is the theme. Always there is the chase. And no chase is as frenzied as that of the Playboy. police would want to question me. But I couldn't face them, Tom, not just then. Of course you couldn't. They, they'll want to know everything, won't they? I think it's best if they do, Laura. Yes, I suppose it is. I'll have to know sometime. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Yes? The district attorney? All right, put him on. Hello, Miss Collier. I've been talking with my client, Laura Bromley. Yes, she's willing to make a statement. You're, uh, you're not referring any charges against her, are you? Oh, good. Well, uh, we'll be over to your office at, uh, oh, say about three o'clock. All right? Good. Goodbye. Laura. Yes? Before we draw up a formal statement, I'd like you to tell me, as your attorney, exactly what happened. The whole story from the beginning. All right, Tom, if I can. There was so much, sometimes I get confused. The whole thing seems to have been going on and on as long as I can remember. Yes, I know. You see, Jerry never got over being a playboy. That's what I heard. It wasn't his fault, really. His family just had too much money. They, they were too good to him. And then, when he lost every dime, his father left him. Uh, that was shortly after you were married, wasn't it, Flora? Just about a year. Mm-hmm. He didn't even tell me how badly off we were. Well, uh, what did you live on? Cards, horse races. He was pretty lucky at first. Uh, you still thought he had an income? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I guess I was afraid to know the truth. You were crazy about him, weren't you, Laura? Yes, always. He never intended to do anything crooked, Tom. I know he didn't. 
But he had to have money and excitement. He just didn't know how to live any other way. Money, excitement, cards, horses, that's what he wanted out of life. And I went along because all I ever wanted was to be his wife. I don't know how we managed going from one smart hotel to the next, following the social trek to Florida, borrowing money, sponging now and then on our rich friends. But somehow we kept one jump ahead of our creditors. Until, until we met Nick Gordon. After that, it was different. Come in. Can I get the breakfast dishes now, Mr. Bromley? Oh, sure, Gus. Take them away. We're through. Any more coffee, Laura? No, thank you, dear. Sign the check, Mr. Bromley. Sign it, Laura. And uh, here you are, Gus. A little something for you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Bromley. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. See you tomorrow. Sure thing, Mr. Bromley. I'll be here. Don't worry. Gary. Yeah? Darling, you don't have to tip him that much every morning. <laughs> What's the difference? It's only money. Gary, really, if we keep up at this rate. We'll be broke, eh? We will, darling. Believe me. Oh, I believe you. Believe me. I believe you. Well, then. Darling. Hmm? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. We are broke. Oh, Jerry, again? Well, I've been meaning to tell you, but we've been having so much fun down here. How bad is it this time? Well, this time, dear, it's uh, very bad. Well, I... I could get rid of my pearl earrings. Well, I'm afraid they'd only be a drop in the bucket, baby. I owe Nick Gordon $8,000. You owe what? 8000 Jerry, how could you? That's what I've been asking myself. How could I? Man, I met only five months ago a shady character if I ever saw one. Small-time crook with heaven only knows what kind of a police record, and I have to be in debt to him to the tune of $8,000. We can never pay him back, Jerry. Darling, I have no intention of paying him. Besides, he doesn't want the money. What? He doesn't want the money. He's willing to cancel the debt for our social connections. Sorted, isn't it? What does he want? Well, I told you. Our social connections. Jerry... Well, specifically, he he wants us to arrange a card party for charity to which we will invite the wealth and splendor of all Miami. And? And at that party, Nick will introduce certain of his friends who are adept at cards. Nick says that we'll not only clean up my debt, but uh, there'll be a thousand or so left over as a bonus. You told him no, of course. I told him yes, of course. Jerry, you couldn't. Oh, baby, let's be sensible. He's got me over a barrel. I, I don't... What's the difference if a few of our dough-heavy friends lose a couple of dollars? They can afford I it. I won't let you do it, Jerry. A crooked card Oh, darling, game. believe me, the idea is just as repulsive to me as it is to you. But, baby, we've got to eat. Well, we're not going to eat on stolen money, Jerry. Now, Laura, don't get excited. Please, I honey. mean that. I know you do. We're not going to do it, Jerry. Yes, we are, baby. I talked it all over with Nick. Oh, I'm sorry, darling. Hello, room 1412, please. What are you doing? I'm uh, calling the Potters. They'll always come to a charity party, and they've got money coming out of their oh, ears. Jerry. I wish there were some other way, darling. I really do, but there isn't. And there was nothing I could do to stop him. Within a week, he'd made arrangements to hold the party in one of the large suites in the hotel. And he'd made up an invitation list of 50 of the wealthiest people in the colony. He kept in constant touch with Nick Gordon, going over the scheme, making sure that everything would go as they'd planned it. 
And I figure we ought to have a dice game, Nick, and maybe chuck-a-luck, huh? Sure, Jerry, good idea. Sure, do you find a chuck-a-luck cage someplace, huh? Okay, Nick. And take care of the roulette wheel, too, right, Shorty? Right. It's going to be a good party, Jerry, one of the best. Oh, <laughs> I got those invitations engraved, just like you said. Here, <laughs> take a look. Oh. Uh-huh, very nice. Fancy, huh? <laughs> and all in the name of sweet charity. Nick. Yeah? What about this charity? Supposing they happen to find out we're using their name. Find out? They already know. Huh? I already been to see them. Promised them 25% of the take. Well, I thought the Best way to do it, Jerry, right out in the open. So we send them a check for a couple of grand. We can afford it, can't we? Sure, but I... Listen, kid, with that line of a paying customers you're bringing in, this thing will net a fortune. Okay, Nick. Okay. And the uh, charity gets a after all, huh? Sure. Everybody's going to be happy with this deal. You just leave it to me. All right, I I will. Well, I better get back to my hotel. Laura's waiting for me to take her to dinner. Give her my best, Jerry. Sure. Oh, and, uh, Nick. Yeah? If, uh, you could spare a couple of bucks. Oh. <laughs> sure, kid. Two hundred? Yeah. Till payday. <laughs> okay, till payday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. All night, Nick. Night, Shorty. So Come long, on, Jerry. So seeing you, Jerry. Payday. I'll <laughs> see you then. So long. Nick. Yeah? How much does that schnook know? Just what I tell him. He, uh, he thinks it's just a crooked card game, eh? That's all. He uh, don't know the other arrangements? Nah, he figures we're milking his friends for a few dishonest bucks, and that's the end of it. <laughs> He's going to be plenty surprised when he finds out what happened. Uh-huh. I suppose he is. Shorty. Yeah? Send a wire to Dixie Davis. Tell him everything's set for Saturday night. <laughs> And the party was arranged for Saturday night. Nothing I could say would make Jerry call it off. I tried. I really did. But Jerry needed money, and he was determined to get it. Well, there was money at the party, all right. Big money. The women were wearing it in jewels, and the men were throwing it away at the tables. Everybody was having a wonderful time, and Jerry was in the center of it all, watching the $100 bills change hands like quarters. All right, folks, get your bets down. All bets down. We spin the little wheel for charity. Win a little, lose a little. All bets down. Jerry. Oh, hello, Nick. Well, how do you like it? I like it fine, Jerry. That green stuff's really rolling in. How does our cut look? Better than you think. Yeah? Uh-huh. Jerry. Yeah. Come out on the terrace a minute. I want to talk to you. Oh, sure. Hiya, Jerry. Oh, hello, Steve. Greatest little party you got here. Are you enjoying yourself? Sure, it's terrific. <laughs> Lost 800 bucks in half an hour. Well, I love it. <laughs> you hear that? Steve Potter just dropped 800 bucks. Oh, we're going to clean up, Nick. Yeah, I know. Cigarette? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Hey. Going to clean up big, Jerry. Better what time you got? Uh, quarter after one. Uh-huh. Like 
Quarter after one. Yeah. Party's just beginning to roll. Figure in another couple of hours, we'll be sitting pretty. Won't take that long, kid. Another 15 minutes. One thirty on the nose. We'll be sitting pretty. Huh? At one thirty, there's going to be a stick-up, Jerry. What? A stick-up. Four guys are coming up on the service elevator and going in the door next to the coat room. These guys will line all the customers up against the wall. Take the cash from the men, the jewelry from the dolls. Come off it, Nick. What's the gag? No gag. You and me will line up with the rest of the men so it will look legitimate. I told one of the boys to rough me up and make it look good. Now, Nick, let's not fool around. You know I don't fool around, kid. I figure there's 75000 in jewelry alone on these dolls. Nick, if, if I thought you meant this right, I'd go right into that party and tell them. Tell what? There's going to be a holdup? How did you know about it? Because you're in on it. Nick. Uh-uh, kid. You aren't going to tell him a thing. You're going to act like a good boy and play along. You think so? Sure. I got you all figured out in one way. Money. You figured wrong, Nick. Did I? Okay, go ahead in there and tell him. Go ahead, kid. Well, are you going in? You louse. You're no good. Two climbing louse. <laughs> That's right. I'm a crummy character. But I had it figured, didn't I? About 1.30 when the party was at its height, it happened. All right, everybody. Hands in the air. Line up against the wall. This is the second. Okay, open it, Shorty. Hello, kid. We didn't expect you over here till morning. Shorty, rustle up a drink for Jerry. Never mind the drink. Nick, I've got to talk to you. Well, sure, sure. Pull up a chair. We were just counting out Dixie's share of the receipts. There's your cut right there. I don't want any cut. Huh? I don't want any part of the holdup or you either, Nick. I'm through. Now, look, kid, let's not get excited. I'm not excited. Sure you are. Sit down and cool off. I'm not excited, Nick. I thought this all out. I made one mistake getting tied up with you. Okay, that's over. But I'm not making any more mistakes. Laura and I are leaving town tonight. I'm through. You're leaving? Yes. Tonight. That, uh... Wouldn't be a very smart move, kid. 
I'd advise against it. I don't want your advice. I've had enough of that. Nick. Just a minute, Shorty. I'll take care of this. You're not going to take care of anything, Nick. You and I are quits. Did <laughs> you wrong. Dead wrong. Yeah? Yeah. I got plenty more work for you, Jerry, as soon as the heat dies down on tonight's job. No one knows you or me or Shorty were in on the heist tonight. They just think it was an ordinary stick-up. We need somebody with social connections. And you fill the bill just right. I told you, you and I... I know what you told me. Now I tell you. You're not leaving town. No. No. Shorty is going to be watching every move you make. You're not leaving town. You're not getting any idea about going to the cops. You're staying right here. You're in business with me whether you like it or not. Okay, pick up your cut and count it. There's 3,000 cash. I took half of what you owe me off the books. Pick it up, Jerry. I said I wouldn't take my cut, Nick. Look, kid. I meant that. Shorty. You heard what he said. Pick it up. Grab it, Shorty. Let go of me, you lousy. Oh, you're breaking my arm. Hold it, Shorty. Okay, Shorty. Once more. Pick up your cut. Pick it up. All right. All right. It's more like it. Let him go, Shorty. Good night, buddy. Why didn't Jerry go to the police and tell them the truth? Why didn't he tell them where Nick was? He didn't know Nick kept on the move. But if Jerry had only... I know, I know. It all looks very clear now. But it wasn't then. Jerry was being watched by that mob every minute. They'd just as soon have killed him. Tom, try to understand our position. All right, Laura, Jerry but... was wrong, I know that. But please, try to understand. All he could think of was some way to get free of Nick, some way to get out of the trap that was closing in on him. For weeks, we lived in fear, Tom, not seeing any way out. Staying in our hotel room, afraid of every move we made, waiting helplessly for something to happen. Then one night, three months after the robbery, Jerry went out to take a walk to the beach. Hey, Mac. Yes? Could you tell us how to get to the beach, have you? Oh, sure. You drive down to the next corner, then turn left and go... Hello, kid. Hop in. We want to talk to you. Nick. That's right. Get him, kid. Okay, shorty, drive along the beach a couple of miles. Me and Jerry are going to talk business. I thought I'd better go out and... Jerry, what's the matter? I met Nick when I was out on my walk, Laura. Oh, no. 
picked me up in his car and drove me around for a half hour. They got a plan for a holdup of Lawson's jewelry store. They assigned me to get the layout. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I never should have gotten into this. Well, what did you say, Jerry? What did you tell them? What could I say? I told them I'd do it, Laura. Jerry. Oh, that's what I told them, but I'm not going to. I, I, I think I've got a way out. What? I've been going over and over it these last few days. I, I didn't want to tell you until I was sure. But they'll never let you go, Jerry. There's only one way. I can't go to the police, Laura. Please don't ask Darling. me. Darling. Please. All right, Jerry. If I went to the police, everybody would know I'd arranged a crooked card party. I couldn't stand it. All right, darling. I I won't ask. Baby? Yes? I I think this is the way out. This piece of paper. What is it? It's a statement, Laura. A complete statement of every detail of the holdup with all the names. Nick, Shorty, Dixie, Davis. I've even written down everything I know about them. Things I learned about other jobs that they pulled, I... I also wrote down what I did, Laura. Why? I made two copies of this. One I'm going to show to Nick when I see him. I want you to take the other one to Savannah tomorrow. Savannah? Yes. Do you remember Tom Riley, mother's lawyer? Yes, of course. Well, he has an office in Savannah. You take the sealed copy and ask him to keep it for you. Unopened. If I ever... If I ever get into trouble, he's to open it. Jerry... You don't think that Nick... Yes, Laura, I, I do. But with this statement in Riley's office, I think Nick will let us alone. Will you take it to Savannah, darling? Of course, Jerry, of course I will. But I, I'm, I'm not sure. Baby. Baby, nothing, nothing's ever sure. But when you're in a spot, you've got to take a chance, don't you? <laughs> The next morning, I took the train to Savannah. Jerry had given me the address of your office here in the building. And as I entered the front door and stood looking at the directory, I felt an arm locked with mine. <laughs> at the party you're looking for, Mrs. Bromley, on the fifth floor? Take your hands off of me. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bromley. I got orders to find out what you're doing here in Savannah. Look, I don't know who you are, but if you and don't... The name's Shorty, uh, Mrs. Bromley. Nick Gordon wants to know what you're doing here. Looks to me like you... Might be going upstairs to pay a lawyer a little visit. Yeah, come on outside a minute, Mrs. Bromley. I want to talk to you. Yes, who is it? Telegraph, Mr. Bromley. Okay. I'll take it. Hello, kid. Sorry to use an old gang like that, but it saves time. Mind if I come in? What are you doing here, Nick? Just thought I'd drop over and see how you made out on that layout for the job next week. Uh, Laurie in? No, she isn't. Good, good. I don't like women around when there's business. What do you got to drink, kid? Nothing, Nick. Huh? I haven't anything to drink and no business to talk over with you. No, that's funny. I had an idea you and I were waking on a deal together. You had a wrong idea. You didn't get the layout. No. And I never intended to get it. Why not, kid? I was stalling for time. Oh, I see. I... 
I wanted to figure out some way so that you and I were quits for good, Nick. I found a way. Yeah? Yes. That's why Laura isn't here. Oh, she's in on this too. Both of us. We're through with you and the rest of those two-bit hoodlums. What makes you think so, kid? An affidavit, Nick. A statement I wrote out telling every detail of the holdup. And naming you as top man. I made two copies. One of them's right here in the drawer so you can see it. Laura took the other copy to Savannah. It's in the hands of my lawyer right now. So that's why she went to Savannah. What? <laughs> to see a lawyer. <laughs> you know, Shorty thought she was going there to make a deal with the cops. What? Sure. She followed her all the way up there, phoned me about an hour ago. They're on their way back now. Oh, no. So that was your bright idea. She followed us. Yeah. We've been covering it to you for weeks. Laura, too? Sure. Just to be on the safe side. We didn't have a chance, did we? You never should have tried a stunt like that, Jerry. If you're right. I was counting on making something in you. A couple of years, you would have been pulling a nice dough. Now you've lost it up. So I see. Guess I should have listened to Laura in the first place. She wanted me to go to the police. I could have put you right on top, kid. Nick. Yeah? Get up. Huh? You and I are going to the police. Now. Another bright idea, kid? Yeah. Only this one's going to work. What makes you think so? A war souvenir I got right here in the drawer, Nick. Don't move, it's loaded. Put the gun down, kid. It's liable to go off and hurt someone. Get up, Nick. Okay, kid, I'm getting up. Tell you what. I'll go back to my hotel. We'll talk this over when you feel better. We're going to the police. Uh, supposing I see you tomorrow, huh? Nick, if you go out that door, I'll shoot. No, you won't, kid. You haven't got the nerve. I'm warning you. You won't do it, Jerry. You're not the type. Nick. Your kind is soft. Takes guts to pull a trigger. Don't touch that doorknob. I mean it. I'll see you tomorrow, kid. We'll talk this whole thing over. Say hello to Laura for me. This is Mr. Bromley, room 1101. I just shot a man. Will you, will you call Dr. Wilson immediately and then will you please notify the police? Animal world, there is the hunter and the hunted. Hound and fox, 
cock and sparrow, chicken and worm. But who is to judge precisely which is the pursuer or the pursued as we enter the chase? The chase was created and written for the National Broadcasting Company by Lawrence Clee. Heard in the cast were Patsy Campbell, Ed Jerome, John Thomas, Roger DeCoven, and David Kerman. The Chase is directed and transcribed by Fred Way. Fred Collins speaking. Next week, join us for a hunt for a monster, a strange, gigantic sea beast who becomes an American professor's nemesis on The Chase. Greater happiness for more people. That's the result of many decades of proving that the American economic system is the best system in the world. Under the system, we've been able to outproduce any other nation, to turn out more goods and services per man hour, and to enjoy a steadily rising cost of living. Here are a few facts. Since 1910, we have increased our annual family income from less than $2,000 to more than $4,000. Yes, our superior production has gone hand-in-hand hand with the preservation of our basic rights and freedoms. Here in America, each of us is free to work in the place and calling of our own choice. No man can tell us what job we must do. We are free to bargain collectively. We are free to contract about our own affairs to our own property, to start an enterprise, and to profit from our own inventiveness. This is progress, the progress of a free people, under a system which ensures the perpetuation of freedom. Tonight, listen to the history of three years of Korea on NBC. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We are adding new old-time radio programs to the comic web for sale almost every week. There is always The Hunter and The Hunted. The chase ran on the NBC radio network from 1952 to 1953. If you like suspense, this is a good program for you to listen to. It features st stories of people who fall in with the wrong crowd, like the story you just heard, or those searching for treasure, and like every good radio program, it features Nazis. There are always Nazis to be on the lookout for, or better yet, a combination of the two, as in one episode called Nazi Sunken Treasure. This, this episode is also available for free on our website. These stories feature more adult situations than a lot of radio programs. In The Chase, the good guy doesn't always win or escape, or is even all that good to begin with. I wish this series had lasted longer than just one season. You just gotta love the premise. They just take the most exciting part of a story and focus just on that. If you like this series, it was created by Lawrence Klee, who also worked on the show Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons. But, of course, the comic web doesn't actually have the Mr. Keen show, but we will eventually. And before we sign off for next week, here is the Comic Web Radio Secret Society code. 23 3 23 23, 3, 4. Just enter this code at www.comicweb.com slash secretsociety.htm. Deciphering the code will give you all the benefits of membership in the Comic Web Radio Secret Society. Benefits include more free episodes, fun facts, and a certificate of membership. The code again is 23, 3, 23, 23, 3, 4. 
As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave a review of this podcast at sites where you downloaded it. Specifically, we would love, we would appreciate it if you could review our humble little podcast on iTunes. And if you have any comments for us, please drop us an email at editor at comicweb.com. Thanks and have a good week.